Welcome to the fourth and inches podcast with your hosts, Stuart Love, Sukdeep Puni, and Ryan Edwardson. Greetings and welcome to a special edition of the 4th and Inches podcast. I am Sukdeep Puni. Tonight, this isn't your most unusual podcast uh, where we have the likes of myself, Stuart, Ryan, Nick uh, or Tristan on. Um, when we started this podcast, we always said that this podcast was going to be, um, you know, by the fans, for the fans. So today uh, we're going to have a very special podcast today where we're going to have a couple of uh, fans from the New York Jets. And we're going to have a very special guest with us today. So I'm going to introduce them individually today. So we've got a good friend of mine, uh, Brian Sparpence. Um, he's been a, a, with Cross Paths many a time in London, Brian. And, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on today talking about the New York Jets. So welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me, sir. No good memory. Thank you very much for joining us. And we've also got Matt Cullen. Uh, now, Matt is a good friend of Jack. Uh, from the Kickers Matters um, podcast. Now, any friend of Jack's is a friend of ours, so it's a pleasure to have uh, him on there. So welcome, Matt. How are you today? Yeah, very good. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to, to talk to talk to Al today. Exactly. And now we've kept this under wraps, but it's an absolute honour and privilege to have with us literally not only a Jets legend, but also a footballing legend. When you look back at sort of history, not only is part of the only Jets team that's won the Super Bowl. Um, so please welcome Mr. Earl Christie. How are you, sir? Thank you so much for inviting me on your wonderful show. And I'm back with some special guests. I, I just, I love it. Brian and Matt, man, what a, what a joy and pleasure. Always talk to people that know the game. Exactly. The pleasure is ours, Earl. And we're looking forward to hearing some interesting stories that you've got to share with us about your time you know, just, just everything, not just the Jets, really. So um, we're going to start from the beginning. So I understand that you grew up in Maryland. Um, a lot of us in the UK don't know too much about Maryland, but what was it like growing up in the US during the 1940s? Obviously, it's a bit of a sort of turbulent time. What, what was it like for you as a youngster? First of all, I was very blessed to be on a farm and where I had the opportunity to... Uh, say, work in the garden and raise animals and things of that nature. Uh, you know, as a young man going to school in Maryland, uh, you may have heard of Baltimore, Maryland. That's the biggest city that used to have the Baltimore Ravens and what have you in the NFL. But uh, growing up in a small town, I had to go to school, uh, walk to school basically 12 years, and then, of course, caught the bus. But went to the school 12 years without missing one day. And uh, at this particular school that I went to, uh, I had the pleasure of playing basketball, running track, and playing uh, cross country. I never had a football team. They didn't have football uh, at this uh, high school. And so the first time I ever had an opportunity to play organized football was in college. But uh, 
it was just a great upbringing. Uh, of course, my grandmother raised me and, and everything. And I, I played different sports in the community, what have you, as baseball, what have you. But like I said earlier, that was the first time. And, and I had a pretty good childhood, believe it or not. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, Earl. Uh, my next question is for me. Uh, uh, a little bit of history about Earl and myself. Um, me and my wife went to Miami around four or five years ago. And uh, I got a picture right here of Earl and myself there four or five years ago. And where Earl always does, he, he, he lets you wear the Super Bowl ring. <laughs> so I'm probably the only guy from the Netherlands who ever wore a Super Bowl ring. So that's pretty cool <laughs> to have that experience. So I really appreciate our friendship, Earl, and uh, it really means a lot to me. Uh, and thank you for being uh, the guest on the show. And uh, well, yeah, basically answered the second question already. But when at, at, at the college level, how do you start playing football? Well, how does that go? Well, first of all, I'm happy to see your beautiful face, okay? Again, <laughs> since the time that we met, you just look so yeah. great, happy. But, uh, uh, you know, not having the opportunity to play football to a college, and it was just an amazing thing because uh, when I first went in college, uh, my roommate, you know, I had good athletic ability, and he said, hey, Earl, you got you got real good speed. Why don't you try out for the football team? You know, because uh, they normally have a tryout. My first year, I didn't play any sports. And so my roommate, and I went over to the locker room, and, and uh, I saw him. He said, Earl, what are you doing over here? You, you lost your key or something? I said, no. I said, you told me I could play football. And then he made a joke. He said, I was just kidding. I said, now you tell me. But anyhow, I went out, I even had to get help with my uniform putting on and all that shoulder pads and all that. Oh. So I gotta tell you this real quick story. So I'm watching and, and the coach says, Earl, you just watch the plays, the left uh, odd numbers and right. Nothing, I ain't know nothing about all of this. I didn't play no little league and all those. So, <laughs> and so one guy got hit and the coach said, roll him off the field. I said, oh, I'm in trouble. Back in the days, we didn't have no cell phone. I couldn't even call home. So then the next time this guy got hit, this running back, he said, Earl, now keep watching now because you're going to be coming up soon. And he got hit and started to bleed. And I said, oh, I'm in trouble now. I'm in trouble. <laughs> so he said, get ready, Christy. So call me in. He said, I want you to run 241. I said, okay, coach. And, and so it was so funny. And he said, you got to go off the left. That tackle hip. Okay, I knew that. And I'm looking at the hole. So I got down the football stand and the quarterback signal, sat down, hut one, hut two, gave me the ball. And guess what, guys? I had my eyes closed and I was running over people. And the coach said, Man, if you open your eyes, you probably could have scored. <laughs> that was my first story. Well, it worked out all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big time. <laughs> big time. <laughs> Thank you, oh, it's, it's a real pleasure to be on and be, and be talking to you today. Obviously, haven't met you. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you like Brian has. Um, what, I, what I do have, I kind of got it out of my, um, my little man cave I've got, is I've got a, uh, a 50th anniversary towel uh, of the Jets Super Bowl win. And I found your little, uh, your little squiggle on here somewhere. Where is it? There it Just is. there. Yeah. There it is. Look, with a number 45. Uh oh, so that you see. got me. Yeah, yeah. So that's me. That's the whole team um, with you on it. So that's that's great to see. Um, my my first question is is um, 
when you first started getting into football, early influences, and did you follow a particular team or player before you got into the game? Well, that, that's beautiful. Uh, uh, the part that I love is that, believe it or not, and isn't it amazing to have the opportunity to play with your hero that was in college, and that was Johnny Sample, and then get an opportunity to play on the Super Bowl team with your hero that came from the same college, University of Maryland, Eastern Shore. And I, it was just amazing. I mean, he's one of the best that ever played. In fact, right now we're trying to see that he will get in the Hall of Fame. But it was just a true honor to play with someone that really, that knows the game. And it, it was my hero. That, that's extra special, no question about it. And coming to the Jets as a free agent, that's right. I had to go against all of these other guys that are from big university. And my college only had 800 students, and that was boys and girls. Wow. That's fantastic. Uh, really appreciate that, Earl. Now, obviously, you went to college, like you said, at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Now, reading up a lot about the sort of historic aspect of, of that um, you know, particular college, uh, especially for African-Americans. So what was it like, you know, being, um, you know, at, at that particular university and knowing sort of the impact you guys are having, you know, for African-Americans? Yeah, we, we didn't uh, get a lot of coverage and, and believe it or not, didn't have a lot of big, you know, crowds at our games. I mean, you know, we might have maybe just a student body and that was only about 800 you know, people at that particular time. But the good part about it, it was such a close knit player and we had great coaches. And, and when you think about uh, one of the coaches is in the College Hall of Fame, that was Skip uh, Bernie McCain. And, and one of the great things about that to go to the Super Bowl, uh, we had five guys from my little small college more than any college in America. Can you believe? Two on the Colts, Baltimore Colts at that time, and was Charlie Stoops and James Duncan. And on the Jets was uh, Emerson Boozer, Johnny Sample, and myself. So that was really unique. But we, we had a lot of fun because we had a lot of great pros that came out of there that uh, probably over 15 or so that I played with while I was in college, the four years that I played. Amazing. All right, Earl. You played a variety of positions, like a defensive back and a kink punt returner. What What was your favorite position to play on the field? Well, that's a good. That's a great question. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I I tell you, I was so blessed, and like I said, I had a little speed. Okay, running back. I didn't want those linebackers to come at me, so that I got to put that position out. Okay. Uh, I, I loved a uh, defensive back because you could just get a chance to hit somebody. I mean, you know, really lay wood on them. So I guess I could get them back if I, if they hit me too hard on offense and they were on defense and vice versa. But I enjoyed kickoff return better than punt return. I tell you, you're talking about a punt return. And, and it's, it's, we were playing the Buffalo Bills. And the first time that I ever came into the game, was on a punt return. And you talking about nervous. And, and, and uh, my teammate, Verlin Big said, see, just like being in college, he was trying to calm me down. 
Now, you ready for this? The first time I'm back and this ball's in the air. I mean, it looked like it's never going to come down, okay? And this big guy from the Buffalo Bills, Sustack, hit me and hit me in the rib before I caught the ball. I got 15 yards. But I, I felt that pain for about a month or so, okay? Luckily, <laughs> my ribs didn't get broken. But, man, I paid a price for that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, your memories of the Super Bowl itself. Um, obviously, the pinnacle of your career, but what is your favourite memory, your best memory of that particular game and that particular day? Wow, man. That's, that's that. Really, the memories uh, were so great because before we went to the Super Bowl, our great wide receiver said, when we win the game. Now, Joe Namath guaranteed the victory, but we said, uh, we're gonna jump in the swimming pool with all our clothes, right? But we took off our shoes, okay? We didn't wanna mess up our shoes. But that was so funny, <laughs> me and Joe, <laughs> me and George Sal said, we're gonna jump in. And then guess what? When we looked at the film at night, right? They re-ran the football uh, uh, game on NBC, and here we are dinner, right? We're having dinner and all that. And we would tease each other. Do you think we'll make the tackle? Or do you think you'll run this? Or do you think you'll catch the ball? It was so amazing. It was so amazing. But the night before, you talk about nervousness, especially me being the leading kickoff and punt return on the team. I was going to grab and catch the opening kickoff. If we won the toss, and we won the toss, and we flipped it in the locker room, and then we came out on the field, and I knew during the whole game that I was going to be the first one to basically to touch the ball. I mean, that was so nervous. And I got hit. I didn't even feel it, guys, man. I'm telling <laughs> you, man, I was so pumped. <laughs> wow. Well, you, you already mentioned uh, the, the big guy a little bit. Um, do you have an interesting story you have to share about Joe Namon? I know he, he is the introduction guy from your book. Uh, but could you tell a little bit of story about the, to the UK and the European fans about about Joe Namath, how he is as a teammate? Well, they call him Broadway Joe. What yeah. a great person, man! Personality. Uh, I got to tell you about in training camp. Grown men, we have a curfew, right? You got to be in the room at ten o'clock. Lights out at ten thirty. Mm -hmm. So we Viewbank was our coach, and so and Joe, man, he just loved to go out and have a good time. And so, you know, my rookie year, so I'm trying to make the team. And Joe said, Earl, man, I got a nice spot. We can go down and have a good time. I said, Joe, no, I'm trying to make the team. Come on, you hanging out with me. I'm the quarterback, man. So I said, no, Joe, man, I, I got to take a pass on this. So every defensive coach would go around or offensive coach would go around and check on the players. And we've basically took the job of the quarterback. So we had three or four that, you know, trying out for the team. So Joe didn't really have to try it. So he was going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, and Joe, Joe put uh, like uh, 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 pillows under his blanket. And uh, and he said, Earl, I'm going out. And we viewed like the coach got an inkling. He said, I think Joe's going to go out. So Joe comes bopping in and weaves out in the hallway. 
He said, Joe, that's going to cost you $1,000. See, that's how they got you. They find you, man. They, they just took you in your pocket. So Joe said, Earl, man, you got to come tonight. Joe want to go out again the next night. I said, Joe, come on. I'm trying to make the team. And he said, man, I had so much fun. So Joe went out, same thing, come walking in and whistling and everything. And we, the head coach, standing in the hallway, he said, he said, Joe, that's going to cost you 5000 And he said, Joe, by the way, if you go out tomorrow night, please take me with you. Because if it's worth <laughs> that much to you, come on, I'll, I'll go out with you, OK? <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> that's my story. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. No, it's just, I just I I love to hear your stories. I mean, it's just you know, it's just it's. Something I can't tell you about. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and if you ever see Joe, because you he'll say that uh, he holds that against me. My trip to Tijuana, Mexico. I don't have to say no more. <laughs> I was a single man. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to um, I want to fast forward uh, fifty two years to uh, the current day, and um, I want your take on what how do you feel about the current situation at our team at the Jets, and um, you know we, me and Brian have been long suffering fans uh, of, mm. of the Jets. Uh, obviously, there's not a lot of positives this year, but um, do you see anything positive within the team this year and something to give us hope for next season? Okay, well, first of all, um, our offense and defensive line, but I, you know, I, I have to go back to uh, not the last game, but the game before. I mean, you know, the last one, we had a chance to win that game. Uh, I, I think that they're going to probably upscale. I like... I like, I love our quarterback, Sam, but if you don't block and tap because the game hasn't changed and that's one of the biggest problems. And then you're getting a new coach in. Sometimes it works with a new coach, but they got to get to uh, used to his system and all that. But uh, I feel encouraged. I know they're oh and what, 12 or 13. And uh, uh, it's just, they're going to have to get a couple more key players in different positions. And then, unfortunately, you know, we lost some good kids, okay? And that's what free agent can do to a football team. So I'm, I'm being hopeful, you know. I might sometimes think with my heart, okay, <laughs> and my mind. But um, I, I say give the coach at least another year, okay? And help <laughs> to bring in some new people because they brought in a new regime. They got new general managers in the first two or three years. It, it, it takes a little time, okay? And I love the owners of the, the Jets, you know, what have you. So I'm, I'm just hoping and praying that they'll do well. But um, we're, we're, it's really tough. Uh, do you think they're going to win a game this year? <laughs> um, I, I've got this horrible feeling that, uh, we'll beat the Patriots in week 17 and then lose out on the number one pick. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, can't, I can't see us beating the Rams or the Browns. So okay. it's all on week 17 for me. <laughs> That's a good prediction. Yeah. What about you, Brian? What are your thoughts on the Jets for the season? You know, um, is it tanking for Trevor or are you all about well, the, the thing is, a, a, a lot of fans keep saying, yeah, players or teams are going to tank. 
they they never will. You know, a pl a player is not going to play bad because yeah. another team is going to look at him or he's going to get fired. He's you know he needs to provide for his family. So a player or a team or a coach will never tank. You never know what the owner does, but you don't. You know, a coach and a team will never do it. Uh, <clears throat> for me though, like I've we've been rebuilding since 1969, Earl. So you know, I wasn't even born then, but. <laughs> it, 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 like every couple of years we get this quarterback and we are, we're also hopeful that th this guy is going to be the guy. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just keeping patience. <laughs> you got a lot of patience. I do too, man. I, I mean, it, it crushes you because you know, people always come to us as Jet fans, what they're yeah. going to do, what they're going to do that or yeah. what have you. And it, it's yeah. really been, been tough. And, uh, uh, and I, I appreciate Jet fans. I mean, y'all, you guys are just, uh, great, there's no question about it, but uh, it, it's really, really tough, and uh, so we just hope that we can just continue to hang in there, yeah. okay? Yeah. And like you said, you made a good point. I just want to say that no player they don't want to tank and they play hard, mm -hmm. and that's a good sign if you take a plus, okay? Mm -hmm. 100%. But Matt, just asking you, um, Adam Gase, um, a lot of people. A lot of people not big fans of his, you know, after what he did at Miami and the Jets. Is he is he the right man for the job or? I mean, for me, I'm going to go with no, given our record last year. I, I think uh, we went on a little bit of a run last year, um, kind of back end of the season, won five or six games. And that probably saved him, um, saved him his job. I probably think that they're just waiting for the end of the season to fire him. Um, but as Earl said, he said, give them another year and, and things take time. So we'll see what the owners do um, after week 17 and, and we'll go from there. And a new, a new hope begins as soon as the season ends, doesn't it? So yeah. looking forward to next year. 100%. And, you know, as a Bucks fan myself, I've, although we've had a Super Bowl in the last 20 years, I wasn't there to witness it. Uh, I've only been a fan for, you know, 13 years. I, I've only seen us in the playoffs once. So, you know, I feel I feel for you guys, you know, and I know exactly what it feels like to, you know, be on the receiving end of stick. But um, we're going to yeah. move on to our final uh, bit with you, Will. So I know that um, I understand that you released a new book um, titled The Story of a Super Bowl Champ. So talk us about the book and tell us what you're doing now uh, in your life. You know, what, what is Earl, what's the life of Earl like during this uh, global pandemic? Well, believe it or not, I, I've been so blessed. And like last night, uh, I, I even have an opportunity to talk to kids. And, and I'm, I'm just proud of that. I've been wearing my mask and what have you, social distance, okay? Trying to stay safe. But that's the joy that I have now. And um, I wrote this book. And uh, the guys that really did a tremendous job was uh, my two boys. Oh, man, he's got the book right there. <laughs> Earl Christie's story, story of a Super Bowl champ. That's right. Earl Christie's story is a story of a Super Bowl champ. And uh, I, I just tell people that you can go on earlchristiestory.com, earlchristiestory.com. And also you can check out my other main website, earlchristie.com. And it shows you what some of the things that I'm doing. I'm a sportscaster. Uh, I, I, I'm a minister. I'm an archbishop. I mean, I, I'm just so grateful, uh, motivational speaker. And I just have so many uh, great opportunities. I, I'm working with some youth called Goals for Youth and uh, GPS, those type of things. And uh, I've been busy now, believe it or not, I try not to go too much in harm's way, 
but uh, you know, calling up people, talking to them, and, and doing things of that nature. You know, trying to have people don't give up on hope and uh, care for one another because we're all on the same team. And uh, this uh, pandemic has really been tough on all families. And and I try to inspire people. And and that's what this book. I, I'm so grateful because I wrote it this year. You know, through this COVID situation, and uh, and it, it's been great, and 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 people have gotten it, and you know, give me some great reviews on it, and I'm so happy. Uh, you know, just like some of the young people even gave me reviews, they just love it, and it's an easy read. <laughs> hey, Earl, I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that, all right? Because I've I've read your book, and. Uh... It's a good book. You you know it's it's not a it's a, it's a light read. You you read it like in a night or two, and uh, for the fans in Europe, it's it it doesn't you know it, it doesn't get any better than this. You get an autographed version. Uh, so he's gonna write to you, and <clears throat> what it was like is I think it was twenty dollars. So that's like for the UK people fourteen pounds and 15, fifteen euros, and you get a you know, you know you get a signed copy. And I really you know this is really valuable to me having here, you know, on the other side of the world. Because I mean, also like you're, you're for, for me, for as a longtime Jets fan, you're a living legend. And uh, a couple of your teammates passed away the past few months. So, you know, it's, it's three of them. Three of them. I mean, Paul Crane. Yeah, and, and, yeah Paul Crane, yeah. Uh, Bill Mathis. Yeah. And uh, 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 Paul Rochester. Rochester, right. Yeah. So I mean, this is for me. It's just, it's just really valuable to have a signed copy of your book, and it's you know it's Thank like you. it's fourteen pounds. It's not much plus shipping. It's not much for people from over here. So you know, help yeah. Mr. Christy out to promote his book over here, guys. Okay, yeah, I'll write special. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Brian. And thank you, the great co-host. I mean, host of the show. I'm I'm so grateful to have the opportunity and. Uh, just one of my favorite places in Europe. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward one day seeing you again. It's <laughs> definitely you guys, man. That's what it's all about. Uh, uh, I'm going to probably be going to Joe Namus. It's opened a new restaurant and oh. everything. I used to hang out at Bachelor Three when he had it in New York City. <laughs> Thank you, guys, man. I, I, I appreciate it so much, and and you know, and it's part of our ministry and. Uh, I can't just thank you enough, you guys. I really appreciate it. The joy and the pleasure is mine. Uh, the pleasure is on. I'd like to thank you for taking the time out, you know, in your schedule to do this. I hope you are enjoying the weather in Tampa and, um, you know, just wish you all the best <laughs> with everything. I'm, I'm going to literally, and I promise you this, I'll be going online now and, and you know, buying my book right now. So uh, hopefully yeah, we'll thanks. you Thank you so much, you guys, man. I love you guys, man. I tell you, I get pumped up, man. I was looking forward to this day. And, and Matt, man, you're the best, you guys. Uh, I'm Thank not going to do this, but do you guys want to give uh, a J-E-T-S chant before we end? Oh, yes, man, we got it. One, two, three. Yay! Yes, 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 yes. He's the best guy. Hey, hey, show, show, show us your Super Bowl ring, Earl. Yeah, the piece of the rock. There you go. Yes, the piece of the rock. I'm telling you. And look, guess what? I'm I'm sending these out too. You can go online and get this. A sign 
Pick it up a little higher, a little higher. Lift it up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the old rock. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Man. Appreciate your time. I, I say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you and your wonderful families. Okay. You too. And to you, Al. Go Jets. <laughs> okay, go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Cheers.